0: Welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm Sarah Sprickfeiner, senior reporter for Glossy Pop and your host for today's episode featuring Lori Lamb, chief brand officer at Elf Beauty. This week, we're doing things a little differently with an up-close look at mega beauty brand Elf's latest project, a 15-minute short film, Cosmetic Criminals, which will play in select AMC theaters before viewers watch Mean Girls. It is also streaming on Amazon Freebie. Some
1: blush on the sink. A smudge on the mirror, a makeup brush on the floor. When I added it all up, it made me think, am I going crazy? Or is someone stealing
0: my makeup? The film, which was made by Emmy-nominated director Alex Bono and stars Emmy winner Nisi Nash Betts, parodies of the true crime genre as viewers try to piece together who is elf-pinching, the brand's term for borrowing products without intending to return them. The concept, Lamb said, was introduced to the brand by its community. In this episode, Lamb speaks to the insights that led to the creation of the film, why and how the film is paired with Mean Girls, and how it got made in just a few months. Here's my conversation with Lori.
1: Forensics came back with Squat. The evidence was thinner than an eyelash.
0: Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for coming on the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Let's go back to the beginning. When did you guys start working on this? How did the
1: idea come to be? How did Cosmetic Criminals get started? We love doing things like this. I think everyone who is sitting in that theater and everyone who's kind of seen this hit the new circuit has said, well, why the Elf did we create a 15 minute true crime parody documentary, right? Why don't we just stick to making products, right? And the genesis of this is actually from a trifecta of insights centered around the relentless focus around who and what our consumer and our community is constantly telling us. So that trifecta of insights starts with insight number one. We know that Elf has really broad appeal. We've been able to do, get everyone from Gen Alpha to baby boomers. We know that we typically also have a very Gen Z audience as well. Um, our insight number two was there has been increasing cases of what our community has taught us, which is called elf Pinching. It's what you do when you borrow elf holy grails from your family and friends without the intention of returning it. And that's been on the rise. It happens to everyone I know. It happens to everyone at Elf and happens to everyone in our community. Better yet, it happens to me. It's something I can relate to. My own six-year-old daughter constantly borrows, and I'm doing air quotes, my Elf lip oil without asking. So, you know, she's constantly having glossy lips, and I'm not sure where she's getting it from, but I don't remember anyone asking me. Uh, And then insight number three, which I think is really compelling, and it was a bit of a jaw drop for me when I learned this, but half of Americans actually say that they enjoy true crime content. I certainly can't get through an episode of anything without a pillow, without a pillow in front of me, but definitely there is an insight that 74% of true crime podcast listeners in particular are women. So we want to make sure that we're speaking to our larger community and our audience.
0: I have a million follow-up questions. Where did the connection between true crime and beauty come from? I mean, that's such a fun line to draw. Yeah. I mean, our
1: our audience is there, right? We Same reason why also... Why did Elf decide to do a Super Bowl commercial? We found out that 50% of viewers were actually women. Same thing. When we found out that nearly three quarters of true crime podcast listeners are women, we knew that that's also our community. One third of them actually consume up to 10 episodes a month. So we're talking about a different level of binge watching. <laughs> it's binge listening.
0: Yeah, And going back to elf pinching, not the Mm -hmm. first time that elf has um, coined a vocabulary. An elfism, we call it. We have our own okay. (laughs) You guys truly do. (laughs) Um, Where did that insight come from? Where were you guys hearing that from your community?
1: It was was actually something that's been growing on our social. We see a lot of comments um, around women, men, and just our consumers in general that are telling us that they're buying two to three at a time. Now, there's two reasons they're doing that. One, they're saying, they're blatantly saying because they're buying two because either they lose it or someone is taking it from them. And very often they call it who's taking them. My sister, my kid, my daughter, right? And the other one is that E.L.F. is really affordable. So... Buying two to three is not something that is that uncommon from our community. And they were telling us this repeatedly and repeatedly. Every time we had a new product drop, it's, I'm picking up five. Three, because my sisters will take it. And two, because it's just so affordable. So we had to lean in.
0: So you guys, I and we spoke very briefly uh, after the film that you started working on this about nine months
1: ago. Correct. The idea came to us around nine months ago when we saw the amazing Elf gen, for Generation, if you will, that has been sort of tapping into this. And when the insights started really bubbling up, we we decided to act on it. And by September of last year, I was in L.A. in a garage working with the production team to shoot this. So was the
0: first step to, you know, reach out to the production agency? I know there's some big names in the cast, which I want to talk about, like what... What happened first? And, and as director of brand, what was your role in bringing it to life?
1: So everything from carrying the torch around this insight, we took the insight and we said, we've got to do something with this. But we know that we wanted to, I'm not saying that we knew right off the bat, we were going to create a 15 million minute true crime parody documentary. But we certainly knew that we wanted to do something out of the norm. So we took it to very talented teams and we trusted our talented teams to make magic yeah. And that's something I always say that I, I think is really key in my role as a chief brand officer. A lesson I've learned myself is to surround yourself with talent. When you do that and you start talking about this incredible insight, and I was bringing it to breakfasts and um, Corey, myself, Corey Marchesotto, who's our chief marketing officer and myself, were taken into every conversation, every room we walked into. And soon enough, you have people sharing stories about their own uh, elf pinchers in their life and how relatable it was. And soon enough, you got some really talented people to talk about and say, wait, maybe there's something we can do together. So the first thing that we did was really being able to reel in Alex Bono, which we're so excited to bring him on. He is a three-time Emmy and Oscar-nominated director. I feel he's one of the most proficient and accomplished parody directors that I've ever seen. <laughs> I was obsessed with documentary now. I obs- I know that he works a lot with Bill Hader. Um, he's also done some work with SNL. So I can go on and on, but his resume definitely speaks for itself. And I love... Him And we became aware of it because I don't know if you know, on, on Netflix, there's this little show called, I would say little, but I'm talking Russian Doll. And we love that. So there was this coming together of let's force multiply with like-minded disruptors that have bold hearts. And that is who we found in Alex Bono. we His style of directing is really unique, and we felt that he would be able to take this and build it into a bigger story for us. And that story being the one that you're going to now see in Cosmetic Criminals that's airing on Amazon Prime, that's also in theaters, is this idea of following a story in a very successful thriller. And it's a whodunit kind of series. So Who the Elf did it series.
0: Okay. So Alex was the first person you brought on board. And then, you know, you have amazing actors like Nisi Nash in this cast. Tell me, you know, the, the process there. What came next?
1: So the, what came next was we spent uh, quite a bit of time, actually, once we found Alex Bono and what a gem of a director that he is. And it, he's such a humbling man because, again, three-time Emmy and Oscar nominated. certainly is someone that can intimidate me. But when you get into a room with him, you just realize how incredible and how big his heart is. And also just he's got such a knack for humor. And that is also what Elf really likes to do is entertain. So we just knew this was going to really work out. And so the first thing in the first order of business was really giving him the insight and the different insights that we were feeling and things that we were hearing. And next thing you know, he produced a script that landed on my desk. and He wrote it. He wrote the script. I just couldn't put it down. And I made sure I read it again. And I just had to share it forward. I I think the first few times I had very few notes. And it's almost like he really understood the elf consumer. He really understood our community. He created so many suspenseful, suspenseful twists and turns that it really left you clinging. You know, you know, you know, when you watch a really good true crime parody or documentary, there's like that cliffhanger. He gave us multiple cliffhangers. I would rip, I would turn the page as fast as I can. And I would say, oh, wait, hold on. He's, he's missing a page. There's a page that's missing out of here. It's not stable. But no, it's just one of his classic cliffhangers and a little twist. And we love doing that. Uh, so it, it just made a lot of sense. And I think the script came first. And shortly thereafter, once we kind of had our notes and and our discussions, we worked on, we worked quickly on casting.
0: And were you guys always, you know, aware or prepared for this to feel less adsy than things that you've done in the past? Was that something that, you know, because I imagine that it's quite an investment to make a film like this. Um, and uh, as a huge cosmetics brand, you want to see an, an, a return on that investment. Like, what was the thinking process of letting it be? Of course, Elf is mentioned. You see Elf products. I think you even hear a couple mentioned by name, I believe the lip oil and mascara and certain things. And yet, somehow, still, you don't feel like you're being bombarded. What was the thought process there? And what was the sort of, were there any like concessions? Did it feel like you were making any concessions or were you just like, no, let's like, you
1: know, make this feel really organic? I love that you're asking that question because that is really something that was, I would say, in the back of my mind. We at Elf, we're not keen on doing things that might be otherwise. It's such a bad word now, but I'll just put in air quotes here. But label slaps, right? Um, we want to make sure that whatever we're doing really feels authentic and credible to who we are, our voice, and the relationship that we have with our community. So it was very important for for me to ensure this had a very good balance of understanding what the story was about, which was Elf Holy Grails being in, stolen in a family or borrowed in a family without asking. And it was also really important for us to make sure that we maintained a level of cinematic um, integrity in what Alex had as his vision and making sure that we weren't trying to stir that too much because you can, you can over stir it and then you, you lose the magic. We're going to take a
0: quick break and then we'll be right back with the rest of our episode. This has been playing in movie theaters before Mean Girls, exclusively in AMC theaters. How did that deal with AMC
1: come about? I think one of the things that happens is we it's almost like you build this magnetic forest, right? You manifest that people are going to come into your lives and they're going to help you with what your goals are. And, and for us, when we thought about this insight, we had Alex and Alex brought in Nisi. He brought in a car, He brought in Nelson Franklin. He brought in Sydney Malakai. He brought in Michelle Mao. And he brought in these incredible cast members. And we said, this has to, has to. We have to give this the right platform. Yeah. We have to get this onto bigger screens so that people can see this. Now, bigger screens, you know, for us was like, let's do streaming, right? So we made, <laughs> you know, Amazon Freebie, which is already an incredible partnership. But we force multiply there, you know, there came the opportunity for us with uh, Paramount and we, we we took it.
0: And Alpha's had an existing relationship with Paramount, but why, for those that don't know, why
1: is that? How did that come to be? What's What's the deal there? Oh, first, first I'll start here. First, we love the film, Mean Girls. It has so much nostalgia and so much value for those who may be around to remember the first one and the musical. It's an incredible coming-of-age story with a very heartful, positive, impactful lesson at the end, which hits hard with me, but also hits hard with Elv. So second, it also builds off the momentum that we built last year with our collab that we did with Gen Z favorite brand, American Eagle. And with a collaboration that was called Beauty in Your Jeans. Jeans as in J-E-A-N-S. So we teamed up again. And for us, there was a lot of conversations that we were having collectively of our orbit. And we wanted to be at the center, uh, you know, be at the center of a cultural zeitgeist moment together. And that's how all of this happened.
0: And ELF also plays a role in Mean Girls uh, a a lot. We see ELF quite visibly in Mean Girls. um, in, in Regina's closet, in Katie's hands. Um, tell me about that, that product placement, because it, it is quite prominent and it's noticeable.
1: Yeah, I, I think we wanted, to, they wanted this film, you know, to feel as authentic to the, their consumer, right? And their base of American girls and theater goers, what have you. And it really made sense if you if you saw this Mean Girls in comparison to the first one, you'll see that it really got a fresh coat. <laughs> there's a lot of things that have been modernized. There's tech in it. There's social. There's that element of virality, which are all things that we're facing in this decade than than the first uh, Mean Girls. And so for them, they really wanted to showcase and have the opportunity to showcase beauty and elements of things that were important to the characters. So Elf Beauty played a really vital role in being. Um, the makeup brand that was in their bags and their lockers and on their vanity table.
0: Okay, so going back to Cosmetic Criminals a little bit, what are the goals for for the film? Because is it primarily, you know, aimed at brand awareness? Is it even perhaps aimed at reaching an older demographic? You know, a true crime parody maybe is is reaching 25 plus. What would you say you guys were thinking there?
1: One of the things that I've always had on my mind when I was reading the consumer comments and combing them is our community was definitely buying multiple lip glosses at a time, like I mentioned, for their sister, for their daughter that they knew were going to take it, uh, or the fact that e.l.f. was so affordable. And and that really was the part for me, right? The biggest mystery that occurred to me as I was reading this is why doesn't anyone have their own e.l.f. products in the first place, right? E.L.F. has prestige-inspired products at an extraordinary, oh my God, price. You don't break the bank. It's E.L.F. clean. It's vegan. It's cruelty-free, double cruelty-free certified, actually, and fair trade certified. We're actually still the only beauty brand that's fair trade certified. We hope that more will join us. But uh, it it just kind of brought up this question of why don't you have multiple ones in the first place? You can't actually afford to do that. You don't break your bank uh, and you're getting something really great. So that was one of my objectives, was let's ask that question. Let's frame it in a way that actually just this the absurdity of this parody was to build in the suspense of a family that goes through this. Everyone in the household, from Nelson to Nakar to Nisi Nash herself, has a reason to borrow their favorite elf product. And it leaves you with the viewer thinking who the elf did it, but you all realize that they all had a reason why it was their favorite. But me watching it was like, you don't actually have to take them from your family member, your loved ones, right? Like you actually can just go out and buy it yourself. And I love (laughs) the part where Sydney says in the end, when she plays her character, Olivia, she goes, Turns out it wasn't just Nana. It was everyone, my entire family, stealing from me and lying to me, but why? Elf is so affordable, just buy your own! So typical. I mean, I think we've all teenagers and all have gone through that stage where you're screaming at your family over something that is so blatantly obvious. And that was really obvious to not just the character played um, by Sydney, but also just all of us here at Elf.
0: Um, yeah, and if you haven't watched it yet, Olivia is the the main girl, the main teenager who's having her her Elf products uh, stolen and <laughs> needs them uh for a pivotal teen moment uh happening in in her life at, at at the time of of the film so okay so you filmed it in LA nine months ago
1: oh no we filmed it in September
0: oh okay okay yeah, we so filmed that. September. You, sorry you conceived of it nine months ago yes mm-hmm. okay so it was filmed recently um what was the thinking of sort of
1: this being Alf's first uh big moment of 2024 really exciting for us. You know, we're ready to fan the flames on this, right? This is our first 2024 wave maker. And we wanted to go out there with a bang. Uh, we've been actually holding on to this for quite some time because we filled it in September and, you know, we move at L speed. It was actually ready for, it was ready and primed to go out the door uh, in October, but we held it for holiday. So we really wanted to start the year off with a really big gift uh, to our community.
0: The only times that I've seen something as long as, like, 15 minutes that I can think of in a movie theater is, like, a, like, Pixar, like, short film or something (laughs) before, like, a Pixar movie. Was that, like, at all a struggle to um, have them play something that long before Mean Girls? Or was that, like, because of the relationship, it was just something that you guys were able to make happen?
1: Yeah, what's really really interesting is actually we created this film without... Knowing that we were gonna place it on a big screen, though, so it was actually yeah. a work of art, like a masterpiece that continued to get finessed over time. We filmed it, we edited it. Uh, Pretty Bird was actually the production agency that we brought in. They are also, I, I can't even go there, they're like I bound down to them. They can lie in two time Emmy Award winner and three time Grammy Award winner <laughs> agency, and they're also Bolter directors with kind hearts. But they helped us produce this, and it was first not set for a big theater screen. It was really once we started to see this and we said, this has to go beyond our social platforms that we started to think a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And when we started to show this to a couple of our key friends, (laughs) that's when we really realized how, how much opportunity there was to make sure more, more families and more eyeballs saw this. And then moving back to the feature film itself, in addition to Elf products
0: showing up in Mean Girls, the brand also released a collection of products tied to the movie, right?
1: Oh, you mean the color pink, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. On Wednesdays, we wear pink.
1: (laughs) Exactly. On Wednesday, we wear pink. And that's exactly what we did, actually. On January 3rd, we actually dropped our fan favorite—I mean, if I can only tell you, Sarah, our community goes wild for Jelly Pop Primer— Uh, This was something that we launched two years ago in a collection, and we have since launched amazing primers, including the number one primer, but it still doesn't matter. It doesn't smell like watermelon. We have Power Grip Primer that is loved by Americans, and obviously you know that this actually, not just loved by Americans globally, but uh, it actually was, that was the genesis for our Super Bowl commercial last year with Jennifer Coolidge. And we know that Jelly Pop Primer is a very beloved primer with a watermelon scent, and it is pink, and our community goes wild. So talk about something that we actually, surprises that we wanted to give our consumer. Uh, We launched on January 3rd on Wednesdays, we launched uh, the Jelly Pop Primer and linked to... Uh, the Mean Girls drop. We sort of linked it to content around Mean Girls, and we started seeding a little Easter egg to our community that we were going to be in Mean Girls. So it was just a very clever way for us to lean in on on Wednesdays. We were pink,
0: amazing. And so, really, before we wrap up, um, it, it, the video has been out for the film has been out for a couple of days, um, mm-hmm. and I know there have already been some impressive results. You can watch it. T- will you tell our listeners? Uh, you know. One, where else they can see it in addition to select AMC theaters, Um, but tell us about the results you've seen so far.
1: So far, it's been really great. We're still waiting for some new um, metrics to come in because this has been new for us, building onto new platforms. But what we do know so far is that we've hit already, I think, around 4.5 billion impressions. I think we've had already over 500,000 views. And that's just a matter of 24 hours we hit those metrics. So it's been on a really strong start so far. Um, Press is still trickling in around this. And I think you know, they're recognizing what an amazing masterpiece this was created around. And I love what you said earlier, because it it does feel like you're just watching a true crime parody documentary. But at the same time, for those who are in the know and to our community, if you know, you know, you're going to love this because you're going to find your little elf Fave sprinkled in there.
0: Amazing. Um, Congratulations. It is so fun to watch. Such a fun way for the brand to kick off the year. And thank you for coming to chat with me about it. Thanks for inviting me, Sarah. love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Glossy Beauty Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help us out. And of course, visit glossy.co slash beauty for even more coverage of the beauty industry. Bye.